Welcome back to Limbach Unlocked. We have project managers and trade managers here at this company, but have you ever heard of a combined project and trade manager? This unique role is just like our speaker today, one of a kind. Darius Fugit from our Jake Marshall branch in Tennessee explains what it takes to wear both a PM and trade manager hat in his day-to-day. He shares insights into best practices for both roles and ways that we can better understand each other from office to field and field to office. I'm Kate Mystery. Let's get started, shall we? Welcome, Darius. It's so great to have you on the show. Hey, thank you, Katie. I appreciate you having me. So let's start with some background. Um, when did you join Jake Marshall, and what's your experience been like in this industry? So I started at Jake Marshall in January of 2008, and I've been here ever since. Uh, whenever I started with Jake Marshall, I had not a clue what a pipe fitter did. Uh, was looking for a career, not just a job, but a career. Mm-hmm. And uh, knew a knew a guy that worked at Jake Marshall, and, and he still works here at Jake Marshall. And reached out to him, and uh, and he said, you know, definitely we're looking for some young guys, and and you'd fit the role. And I was very nervous. I, uh, you were. I knew that I want I wanted a career, but uh, not knowing what it was they did, and at a young age. But luckily, it was the the best decision I ever made. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I worked with that guy, uh, Jason Palmer. I worked with him for uh, for many years, and and uh, he, he was one of the teacher type foremen. You know, it, mm-hmm. he wanted you to know everything possible about the trade, and, and wow. along with him and him and uh, Rick Pollard and Tommy Pruitt and a few more, they have really pushed pushed my career forward i've been very fortunate uh jason, jason helped uh helped get me to run and work at a young age i was probably 23 years old mm-hmm. uh they put me in a in a full truck and i started going around doing odd man jobs uh, around town um, we would work a lot of paper meals and mm-hmm. our plant shutdowns uh and and it, it opened us up to to being able to see a lot a lot of good opportunities, and then I, then I rolled into a, a, a superintendent role, and then and then on up into uh, to the office as a project manager, working straight with Tommy Pruitt, and uh, and then into the trade manager role as well. So it's just I've been very fortunate with some mm-hmm. good opportunities at a young age. So and it sounds like you had really great coaches and mentors along that timeline too that really helped you get to where you are absolutely i i reach out to i reach out to every one of those guys still to this day and 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 not just here and there like uh i reach out to, to a weekly daily yeah. uh and that's the good thing about having a very good support staff you know that mm-hmm. i feel like we do we have a very good support staff Well, and that's something I want to talk through because we're going to get into our topic for today, which is really the two roles that you lead right now, which is managing projects, but you're also managing trades. And you talked about the experience that kind of led you to this point, growing up through the field, getting to do things 
at a young age and experience a lot of different things. So we're going to be able to give our listeners here insight into both of those areas, which I think, I think is, is going to be really helpful. So maybe we should start with just the general major differences between managing projects and managing the trades. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, when you start thinking about what's the difference between managing a project or managing a trade, you really realize real quick that there's more similarities than there is differences. Huh, okay. Uh, with, with managing a project, you still have to understand people. You have to understand your client. You have to understand the project schedule. You have to understand the scope of work. These are all things that the trade manager has to know as well. He has to know what guys work good together. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what does this project need a plumber? Does it need a pipe fitter? Does it need a welder? What kind of welders does this project need? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to understand your people on the trade manager side. You have to understand the project schedule. That way you know, hey, we're going to be needing this amount of people for this duration. Uh, you know, it would be easy to just go say, hey, let's hire 50 people in, in three months. Let's lay 50 people off. But we try to stay at a steady, you know, managing the trade. You stay steady right with the workflow. Right. So, so you have to know the schedule of each job. Uh, you have to understand the scope of work. So, you know, if, if you don't know what the guys are doing there and you're just sending bodies to the job site, then you can't truly manage those guys and make sure that you have the right personnel for that job. So there's a lot of similarities. You know, the, I guess the big differences is uh, when when managing a project, you are you're working on getting the material ordered, the equipment, building your PSSR log, getting your submittals through, doing your bulk buyout, getting your subcontracts written, uh, billing, um, mm-hmm. MPRs, uh, things of that nature. So as a trades manager, you're not worried about the, the subcontract. You're not worried about the equipment being purchased. You're not worried about the pricing of the material, mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature. Oh, same thing on the on the trade manager side. Uh, uh, you're looking at, at at having the right personnel, like I've said, on the job. Mm-hmm. When do they need these people? What's the duration that they need these guys? Uh, do we already have these guys trained in whatever task it may be? You know, we need we need five stainless welders in a confined space at, at, at this project, you know, I need to make sure that, hey, I've got five stainless welders that have confined space training for that project. And, and the uh, the project manager's worried about that, but he, that's not in his detail. So mm-hmm. uh, there, there's just as many, if not more, similarities than there is difference. Yeah, it sounds like it, and it sounds like, it's they're both complex jobs, but they're both very people oriented jobs and they their differences seem to lie in some of the planning and management of the uh, tasks versus the people. But how, I, I'm really curious because they're both so complex and they're you're working in, so, you know, similar spaces, but still different fields. How has managing both projects and trades 
helped you to do your job better? Well, you know, uh, I was project managing before I was trade managing. and and But I come up, Katie, all the way through the ranks. I was a yeah. helper, got in the apprenticeship. I've done a five-year apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. And I've worked in the field uh, in every avenue. So, so I know what it takes to do the job. But, but when you're looking at it from a, a, a project manager's side, uh, you're not looking at trying to, to pre-plan the men as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're working on a project schedule, not a manpower-loaded schedule per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so managing managing both has helped me look at at from the the, the trade manager side. I look more at, at crew cost. Yeah. Uh, okay. Trying to keep the, the crew cost down. Uh, do we have how many apprentices do we have versus how many journeymen do we have? Uh, from that side of, of the spectrum, from from the project manager side, I look at I need to I need to let these guys know what work we have coming and and as quick as possible so that the planning of of the men and the training and whatever it may take right. to get the manpower on the job is already pre-planned so right it really keeps your eye open to not dropping the ball on the next on the next trade so it's really like you're you're able to see the big picture from both sides and, and Absolutely. I think, yeah and i think that 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 is something that uh seems difficult but it also seems really worthwhile because you're able to see not only the you're able to see and develop a plan, but you can also see how that plan has impacted the people you're working with. So what does a day in the life of Darius look like? (laughs) You get to work and then how do you manage both of these areas in a day? Give us an example. Okay. Well, uh, you know, so, so, Projects they are changing daily. I get I get a call from multiple projects daily that they need to cut men back or they need to add men or mm-hmm. we got this coming up or we need to this guy that's got this particular training on this job site as well as calls from the GCs or the owners of projects that we're working with uh, to come look at work to work on a schedule uh, to get pricing for their project. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I will start the day early before anybody gets there. And at that point, that's whenever I'm working on uh, quotes or I'm working right. on uh, PCAs, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. Because after, after the clock turns 6.30, that's about a done deal uh, <laughs> due to phone calls or having to oh, go yeah. here or there. But so, so I... I go, I, I try to touch every job weekly at least, at the least. A lot of jobs I touch daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever I go, if, if I'm not the project manager on that job, I'm looking at the job a little different, you know? Yeah. Do we have the right personnel? Is the, is the personnel being productive? Uh, things of that nature. Um, Whenever I step on a job as a project manager, you know, I'm looking at, at where we're at 
scope wise uh, right. quality of the scope are we are we doing anything outside of our scope is there any potential change orders when am I going to be need to cut guys back off this job to uh, to save money so yeah. every job that I step on is your your mind automatically flips uh, depending right. upon whether whether that is your project or what 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 you're there for. So it's yeah. Oh my goodness! It, it it definitely sounds like you're putting on a hat. You're taking off a hat. You're putting it on, taking it off, and it and it did, is determined by the situation that you're in. So you kind of need like flexibility and agility to be able to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. What what has taught you to be able to do that? Like how had how have you learned that kind of flexibility? Well, um. You know, even whenever I was in the field as a superintendent, um, I, I worked uh, mainly for one project manager uh, for a long duration, Tommy Pruitt, and he would he would have jobs, uh, whether it be at Hamilton Medical or, or Volkswagen or, mm-hmm. or wherever it may be, and uh, we would have to, you know, inside of our crew, figure out a way to get this task done, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we need these two guys to go here tomorrow. We're going to be there for two days, you know, and we would just make a plan and work a plan. Right. Uh, so we plan, we planned our work. We knew if we, when we could spare a guy, when we couldn't spare a guy. And, uh, and that was really the start of it. Um, yeah. After that, at Jake Marshall, we, we, we do a lot of prefabrication in our fab shop. Mm-hmm. So, so we work hand in hand with our field and our fab on not just fabbing pipe or dust or steel or whatever it may be. Also on getting manpower to the job. Um, yep. we, we have to determine, Hey, if we're cutting back over here, can a fab shop use a guy? And what is right. the fab shop looking for? And, and also, uh, sometimes the guy gets complacent whenever he's locked in one spot for a long period of time. So, we may have a guy that, that wants to go from the shop to the field or the field to the shop. So uh, we've kind of got that pool right there, and it helps you be a little flexible to, to, to have the guys to move around, right. let them see different things, let them not get complacent, uh, and, and it really helps. Well, and it, there are a lot of good things that you get to do in your role, and I, knowing your people – seems like it's really helpful um being adaptable having a good plan like you said you work the plan what are some of the barriers or the challenges that you face in this dual role that you have and then how do you overcome those challenges yeah so um obviously the the hardest challenge on the being a project manager and a trade manager is uh you don't have anybody to gripe about if you can't get the guys that you want but yourself. <laughs> it's uh, all on you. You, you. you obviously, you want the cream of the crop. And, right. Uh, and so does everybody else. And you just got to, you got to know, hey, this, I, I got a plumbing job. I need plumbing. I don't need these pot fitters over here uh, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. Um, the the barriers are, are even more so on the trade manager side. Uh, It's uh, having the correct personnel at all times. 
you know, one one week you may have five jobs going that need the same thing. And then two weeks later, they may not be nobody needing that task, you know, or that guy that with that specialty. And so you got to find a place to, to, for him to fit. You got to, you got to make sure that they're, they're multi-trained. So, so you don't lose a guy that has a special craft, but that's all he's got. So mm-hmm. if he's if he's trained in multiple areas, then you can use him for multiple things. Whether you know our our tremble guys, they're they're also plumbers, you know, so they can go run a tremble or they can go plumb. Smart. Our our guys that are that are trained in HDPE or or polypropylene or or stainless welders or carbon welders or whatever it may be, they're cross trained in something else. So. So you can find a place to put them, making sure that, that you have a spot for the men as well as have the right personnel for the field, for the job. That's the that's the biggest challenge on the trade manager side. Yeah, and it sounds like that's taking care of your people too. Like your your workforce planning, you're developing your people for all kinds of situations that they could face and you're helping them keep work going too. So I it it makes sense from both hats that you're wearing, the project manager, the trade manager, because we've talked a little bit about these the challenges now, I want to sum up the, the good things that you've shared. And maybe we put it like this. What are the keys to success or the best practices that you would share with project managers and the keys to success that you would share with trade managers? Because typically we're not seeing someone like you who does you know both roles in one so how would you what advice would you give those two positions well it's it's knowing knowing the project inside and out and knowing knowing your workforce inside and out Hmm. you know uh as a project manager i want to make sure i know the job i want to make sure i know the scope for the job I want to make sure that I I I know you know the site the schedule. Yep. I want to make sure that all my material, my submittals, my POs to the to the vendors, all that is is well documented. Where if anybody come in behind me or a guy from the field, if he needs information data, he can find that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and making good relationships with the customer. Um, yeah. You know, making sure that that uh that we can get more work and further further our our work down the road with those customers um it is is very big for 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 a project manager side mm-hmm. on the trade manager side it it's it's knowing your people making sure your people are trained trained well I do not. It's unbelievable, Katie, how much money that Jake Marshall, Lynn Bach, and everybody puts into training. It, it's mm-hmm. really mind-boggling, right? Uh, how much training goes into place, but you—it's it, not like it doesn't go unnoticed. When our people go on a job site, they know right from wrong with safety. They know the correct measures mm-hmm. with safety. They know how to operate the equipment in which we ask them to operate. They know how to do their tasks 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, we don't just go out on a limb. We have we have certified people for every task that we do, mm-hmm. um, and it shows. And a lot of money is spent to get these guys trained. So, so looking ahead, making sure your guys are trained and knowing your guys is very big on the trade manager side. It will help you if you know your guys and you know their abilities then you can better help the project manager, better help the project, better help the company by placing the correct men together on the correct project. Well said. I think what you've just shared is really going to help our listeners understand both sides of this. And also, I want to end by really going into this concept of sides because often we hear the office and the field. And there's this, there's this, what seems like a natural separation, but because of that, there's some tension that could, could uh, brood in that separation. So you have the unique position of bridging the gap between the office and the field. And I think our listeners would be interested in knowing how you would encourage others to bridge that gap as well. Do you have any advice there? Absolutely. Um, it, it works both ways, Katie. If, mm-hmm. if, if a project manager is not seen on the project, uh, or if a foreman is not respect, I guess it all goes back to respect. If, if I know that you're out there to help me, my project manager is going to be in this field to help me, he's going to come out to the project, he's going to look at what we're up against, he's going to talk to the GC about it, uh, he doesn't mind to get his boots in the dirt, then then there's going to be a whole lot more respect, the, the morale is going to be higher. Um, Jake Marshall has got a big saying that, that Jake Marshall project managers wear boots to work. They don't wear penny loafers to work because we want them <laughs> like boots in the dirt. Uh, uh, Brian Howe, he preaches that a lot. He wants the boots in the dirt. He wants the, the, the superintendents and the foremen to know that they have that ability of bringing the, the project manager out and the project manager is going to come out and he's going to look at what the, the task is up against and, uh, to better help the guys in the field. Yeah. And as a, as a trade manager, uh, you, you see the morale of the guys whenever whenever the project manager is heavily involved and 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 they don't have to call the project manager and say hey uh uh can you help me out with this when the project mm-hmm. manager is out there and he's involved in the job and he's two steps ahead of the project and he's already got some things in line to help the guys in the field and it's just another it's just another support system for the guys in the field ultimately at the end of the day the project manager and the trade manager work for the foreman and the guys in the field. Uh, yeah. You know, just, just making sure that everything they need and all the data or information or equipment or material or whatever it is that the guy needs is readily available when that guy needs it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so how would it go the, the other way if you, if coming from the field, how can you understand the office a little bit more? Well, that that one uh, 
So whenever I come, I always, I wanted to be a project manager. I wanted to do it before Tommy Pruitt retired because I wanted to learn from Tommy. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to Tommy and Rick and Brian and said, hey, this is what I want to do. And I thought that I was very passionate about that. And I got in the office and I thought, oh, my God, I messed up because I've always loved what I've done <laughs> in the field. I love yeah. doing the work. I love managing the work. I love dealing with the customers because we got great customers. And uh, and I got in there and I realized really quick there's a whole lot more to it than anybody in the field would ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh before that, once the project sold, before a guy steps on the project, there is so much work and detail that goes into setting that project up correctly, even more so now that we're a part of Limbox. Yeah. That, you know, with with the way that cost codes are set up and understanding why that's set up. Mm-hmm. But, but getting what we do is we build a PSSR, and we will go in and we will get – Submit all of our equipment, drills, materials to the owner. Getting all that submitted, getting it approved or changed yeah. or pricing in and, and uh, equipment ordered and POs locked in and uh, getting all that database built is huge. The guys, I mean, you would never understand whenever you get handed a submittal book or get it, some, you know, this data put on the drive, you don't realize that four, five, six, seven months have went into building this data for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it brings a whole lot bigger aspect to to really understanding how much work that the support staff in the office puts into making sure that the guys in the field are successful. I, I am grateful for you sharing this because it gives me a greater appreciation for the work that our people do and what you do every day, which is, which is being that bridge. And we need more and more people to be able to do that. I think something we recommend at Limbach is to, even for our corporate staff, like get out in the field, learn from the people who are making it possible for you to have a job. You know, like they, they're the ones that make it possible for me to work here. And I am incredibly grateful but what makes us even more grateful is hearing stories like that hearing all the work that it takes not only from the project manager's end but also from our field leaders end, and everything that's going into building a building so it's inspiring and it means a lot to hear it hear what you're saying so i want to thank you as we're closing out here i want to thank you for giving us your time. And I do have one last question for you. It's a, what we call our curveball question. So it is kind of random, but um, it's just a little, little way for us to get to know you a bit better. So you ready? All right, let's do it. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. If you could write a book that was guaranteed to be a bestseller. So you don't have to worry about it selling off the shelves. It's going to sell off the shelves. What would you write about? Anything in the world you could write on? Oh, it had to be something that I'm passionate about or know, know something about. It would probably have something to do with uh, sports or racing. Ooh, okay. It would be one of the, one of, something along that avenue. Would it be a uh, sport. 
would it be like you're following a team or a, a racer or would it be um like a novel where you're making it up like fiction uh, I, I think it would be uh I think it would be following a racer or a team. You know, I watch awesome. a lot of documentaries on a mm-hmm. uh, on a foot like a. There's a documentary on ESPN that's a football life, and it follows football players around. I really enjoy it. And oh, Kyle yeah. Larson has got one out right now uh, called The Dirt, and uh, and uh, I really enjoy it too. So I know uh, I got to get up to Ohio, I, I, Eldora. Speedways in Ohio, mm-hmm. and got branch in Ohio, and I got to get up there and, <laughs> and, and watch a race at some point. So yeah, actually you... racing the dream uh, this week up there in Ohio. So I'm sure that some of the Limbach, Ohio branch people I'm are, sure. are race fans too, because that's the that's like the dirt capital of the world right there. Oh man, well I'd buy the book. All right, so you at least got me buying it, and I'm sure other listeners would buy it too. Darius. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate what you've shared with us, and um, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. All right, Katie. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. You heard the man. Go get your boots on. It's time to get them in the dirt. Catch you next time on Limbach Unlocked.